1: Or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And
0: now, we go into the thick of it.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
2: Erin Addison's.
1: On American Family Radio. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We will try to get to some of your calls. um, Have you respond to the topic. I got to say, though, um, for the next couple days... Should there be any cliffhanger comments, um, (laughs) we're not going to be able to pick them up after today because we've got a couple shows planned with guests planned (laughs) um, for Wednesday and Thursday. So um, if it happens, as it tends to do here of late, (laughs) um, that there's a question asked within like the last 30 seconds Mm -hmm. of the show that requires um more explanation mm-hmm. or more unpacking than you we just can't do it i don't know <laughs> you have to wait we're just going to have to put wait hold, you, know? you know put a pin in it as they yes. say or table it or whatever other cute phrase you want to use whatever that says, you call it. i can't talk about it now that's basically <laughs> what it all means will the great the marriage family life conference coming up at the end of june
2: yes marriage family life conference uh 2021 is happening June 24th through the 26th here in Tupelo, Mississippi at Hope Church. You can go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net uh, right now to register and to buy your tickets. Um, we have a early birth special going on right now until April 1st. And after April 1st, the rates will go back to the normal rates. So make sure you get your tickets now. Uh, it's going to be a great event. If you go to the website, you can see the speakers that will be a part of the conference. Also, you can see a schedule. Uh, We're also working on posting uh, some of the topics that the uh, Youth Apologetics track will be covering, too. So that should be coming up there soon. But I just want you to go to the website. There's hotel information there. Uh, There's all type of things that will help you to be ready for this uh, conference. So go to marriagefamilylife.net to get your uh, uh, tickets. Register now. Uh, again, before April 1st, so you can get that, that good rate. And so marriagefamilylife.net.
1: Okay. So, you know, let me just, let me say, it is often sort of comical to me Mm -hmm. that there are things I think we might discuss that I don't think will be controversial.
2: Right. Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Then there are things that I'm like, yeah, this is, this is it. I mean, this is, I expect emails. I'm waiting, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm watching because I know that Will the Great is going to first filter the emails and then he's going to funnel to me, um, what he wants me to read. Mm -hmm. It's bliss. I love it. So, so (laughs) I know that. Okay. Just so you know. Right. Um, but then there are shows that we do that, um, I will get emails from Will the Great or from our FAQ. Um, and then I go, now oh, that's weird because I didn't think that that was one of those shows. Like, yeah. I didn't think that that, I thought, I thought like, here we are, mm-hmm. um, we all agree on this and then, you know, no, we don't. So, so what's interesting <laughs> to me is that, so we spend, and I, I talk about this a lot just cause this is our life. This mm-hmm. is what we do. Okay. Um, again, another reason we call it airing the Addisons, right? So this is our life, our life is that we are um, married. This is our 17th year of marriage. We have six children. Many of you measure the length of time you've been listening based on the number of children we had at the time you started listening. So (laughs) some of you go all the way back to two kids, which is about the time that I've been doing this at our headquarters. I started doing radio in Louisiana, and we just had the one kid, the oldest, Mariah. Mm-hmm. Then we moved to Tupelo in 2008 um, to work here at our headquarters, and then we had two. And then, so some people have been listening. I've I've rarely talked to anyone who says, "Oh, I go all the way back to number one." Um, the The oldest listener I've, I've ever talked to has gone back to two kids, mm. uh, and then we had JD mm-hmm. in 2010. So, so some people mark their time spent listening. You know based on how many kids we have. We have six kids now, the most recent born in September of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do we do? We spend time informing um, and attempting to equip the body of Christ to live authentically Christian lives, <laughs> like to, to live according to what the word of God says and, um, and to do that faithfully, to do that boldly, uh, to, to provide a defense for the positions that we take in culture biblically when we're looking at what's going on Yeah, Um, that is that is a part of the work that we do. But at the same time, behind the scenes, we are actively equipping our kids in our immediate household, but also kids in our local fellowship Mm -hmm. uh, where we are teaching them theology and doctrine, apologetics, Mm -hmm. um, and including it in that is logic, church history. We're teaching them all of those things. And the reason we're doing that is because we feel like our culture, um, the system that we exist in, in 21st century America is relentless and bombarding kids with all kinds of information that is antithetical to the faith that will cause not only doubters, but those who, those who will eventually reject the faith. Right. Like that is, that is what's going to happen. So we don't think that we can teach them too much, um, that we can have too much conversation around truth and what we say we believe. Um, so I just assume that, you know, when we're talking about these things, um, we are providing a lot a lot of hypothetical situations for the kids. Would you agree with that? Well, we're, mm-hmm. we're saying so in culture, you may run into people who right. will say this or sometimes we will be um, in, in, in this mode of preparing them right. should the Lord call them to um, further their education um, by way of attending university, then mm-hmm. we say you may run into professors who will say things like this to you. Right. Just, we're trying to prepare our kids, right? The body of Christ. And so that's what I mean when I say our. Sometimes our has a different uh, definition. In this case, it means the body of Christ. I, I care deeply about the proliferation of the gospel um, and and that it proliferates chiefly in families, in the familial context. That's right. So I think equipping parents to equip their children is. Um, is of utmost importance. I take it very seriously. Yes. So that's a lot of what you hear us talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to tell you, like I'm not often thinking that there our kids right now are going to encounter the types of things that we know that they will encounter. So and I mentioned this yesterday, we will uh, present to them scenarios, mm-hmm. you know, and we will give them objections to their faith because we want them to have heard them before mm-hmm. And then be able to defend what they believe biblically. Right. Right. And, and here's the thing. It's, it's good to have these kinds of conversations with kids because kids are not inclined to really be nice to you in the <laughs> conversation. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know how adults will say, well, I know, um, I know what you mean. And so I'm not going to really press. I, I get what you mean. kids, they may or may not get what you mean, so they will press, and they mm. will ask questions mm. that can I just say well, it makes me honest- it makes me honestly grateful that all of the parents are in the same room,
2: oh yeah, definitely. so that all so of us
1: together help each
2: other <laughs> out, yes,
1: me, because some of the questions that they ask right um you know
2: yeah, they're could pretty send you whimpering, deep. yeah,
1: you know, and it's good, you want that right, you want that so so all of that, what am I saying? I'm saying that um. Last year, I think the middle of of last year, nearing the end, we started to talk about orthodoxy, what it is that we believe in the faith, what are the things that are outside of orthodoxy? What does the Bible teach about christianity and um And we spent a few weeks talking about that mm-hmm. um so recently, we were <laughs> talking, you know, and it just comes up in conversation here, I guess at the end of last week, and then Monday what does it mean to be a Christian? Yeah. Well, at the end of our show yesterday, um, Stacy called us and we were not able to get all of the context right. of Stacy's call. Right. And I'm saying that cause I think that is fair to say. Yes. Okay. Um, it appeared to, to me and to you as mm-hmm. well, will, mm-hmm. when we talked about this later, that what Stacy may have been suggesting is a sort of Christian universalism. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And because what she got into, and we didn't get to finish, but what I did hear enough of was that she believes that all people will be saved. Mm -hmm. And she alluded to John 12. Mm -hmm. And so now, of course, she didn't give me the verse, so I'm left to just go to John 12 And unfortunately, I have to make some assumptions because we ran out of time. So based on what Stacy was saying, my reading would take me to John chapter 12, verse 32, where Jesus says, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Okay. So, and I'm sure that if the conversation had gone on, Stacy probably would have brought in some other verses, um, that use words like every and all, oh, yeah, and and world, and and okay.
2: and she did yeah. say, which I think is a key, that we and probably most of our listeners wouldn't think she was orthodox in what she was about to say. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So I think that's kind of a, I think that that kind of confirms where she was going yes. with the universe. Can
1: I say something? I want to. I uh, let me say something because here is the temptation. Mm-hmm. And I just want to take my time with this for a second. Okay. And this is for the sake of the parents who listen to our show, um, who write into us and, and we hear from you on a regular basis. You're discipling your kids. All right. So there is a temptation when we talk about orthodoxy and we talk about what we believe. Um, sometimes we are tempted to fill our heads with, um, a lot of the history of the church that will take us away from the authority of scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do I mean when I say that? I mean, sometimes we want to go back to synods and councils and we want to go to and and so then this edict Mm -hmm. went out and this and that and and we say and so you can see that we have battled this and, and which by the way I have done this before I'm not saying that this is wrong so so check with me here for a second but what we ultimately want to say is so you see we have already dealt with this and we have decided that this is heresy and the church has rejected this so we detach the rejection from any type of authoritative writings mm-hmm. that we would have used to reject it. Yeah. That is a problem. You must present both. So, so yes, you can go to this council and that council and you can talk about the early church fathers and you can talk about um, resisting and rejecting mm-hmm. heresy in the history of the church. But you cannot and should not talk about those things without talking about what predates those councils. Mm hmm. Which mm-hmm. is that God himself left us his eternal word, gave us his eternal word, that we might always be able to refer to this truth when we are weighing what we will and what we won't accept. Yeah, It is not because some men got together in a room and decided, well, um, this is canon. <laughs> Please understand that, that at the point, and man, this is going to open up a can of worms. I can, just see, <laughs> I can just see the Bible students right now like, oh, canon. what we have to understand is that what we accept as authoritative and, and forget about all the terms that we use to call it that, you know, I, I know there was a, another listener who's, uh, I think it may have been Anthony who talked about inerrant and all of these things. Yeah. Forget about all of that. What we have to ask ourselves is what is it that, what is it that the early church knew and understood about who Christ is, what he did, the reason that he came, What was required to inherit eternal life? What what did the early church believe about that? And what is the evidence that we have of this belief from the scriptures Mm -hmm. about how they lived? And then moving forward. And again, even even before we get into councils and 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 decisions and all of these things, what were some of the indicators or what what would be like? Some of the larger indications that, that Christians believed in the exclusivity of the cross. One of one of these indications that they would have believed in the exclusivity of the cross would be their willingness to die to protect that truth. Hmm. To not just say, oh, yeah, it's everything. It's all of it. Yeah, it can all come in. It, why, why are we dying if everybody if it doesn't matter? Why are we dying? Why, why are we lighting up, you know, streets? You understand what I'm saying? Why, why, why is this happening? So we have to ask, what did the church know from where did they know it? And how do we preserve it? And so we'll do that when we get back. Stay close. Oh,
0: hey, tell them we declare war on this one right here.
2: Yeah. Oh. Man, it's time to break up the silence! We've been awfully quiet! It ain't time to get turned down! Man, it's time to be crying! Crying out from that rooftop with a smooth fire for them giants! It ain't time to be peacemaking! Man, it's time to get violent!
3: Passer have actually believed that people's eternal destiny hinged upon their confession of faith in Jesus, their attitude toward him. Now how could he make so narrow and dogmatic a claim as that? Well, I think it's simply because he thought of himself as the exclusive and absolute revelation of God the Father to mankind, and his death on the cross as the only sacrifice for sin whereby people could be put in right relationship with God the Father. Apart from Christ and his Sacrificial death on our behalf, there just isn't anybody else who has paid the penalty for our wrongdoing. There are only two persons who can pay the moral penalty for your wrongs either you or Jesus. And so if you reject Jesus and his payment, then there is no one left to pay the penalty but yourself.
1: Mm. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's mm-hmm. on American Family Radio. Dr. William Lane Craig, yes. um, a Christian philosopher, theologian, um, apologist, writer. Um, I like to listen to uh, his podcast, uh, Reasonable Faith Podcast. Uh, some of the older ones I go back and listen to from time to time. Uh, it's been a while since I've listened to him. Um, but if you're looking for something to listen to while while you're on a, on a treadmill, that'll get you going. Um, <laughs> just incredible defender of the faith, and um, equipping us to be able to defend the faith as well. Um, so, so our so our call yesterday was from Stacy, mm-hmm. who um, seemed to be suggesting that um, everybody will eventually be saved.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't mean to be, you know, overly simplistic in that presentation, but that seems where she was going. You would right. you would agree with that? we well, the great.
2: Yeah. that sounds like what yeah. she was saying, you know, uh, even in the setup, that's, that's what it sounded like to me.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, so the question is, the question is, does the Bible allow for universalism? Does the Bible allow for universalism? I'm going to approach this the way we approach it with our kids, <laughs> just because <laughs> that's part of what we're aiming to do, um, to equip you, to equip your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews. Um, so we talked about this this morning based on the call from Stacy. <laughs> Thank you, Stacy. Um, <laughs> So we, we asked this question and this is how we started our discussion. Um, I, I asked them if I have a, a home filled with people who mm-hmm. are over, they are guests right there all here inside our home and I leave and I come back and I say, Hey, I have pizza for everyone. Hey, Hey guys, I have pizza for everyone. My question to them was this, do does everyone in the house eat pizza? Do we know that? Does everyone in the house eat pizza? And at first there was like, and I said, be, you know, before you answer, you need, you need to pause. Does it automatically mean that everyone in the house eats pizza? I come back, I said, hey, I have pizza for everyone. Does everyone in the house eat pizza? One kid kind of started out like, Yeah. And then another one was immediately like, no. And then the third kind of reserved their answer, like just kind of held (laughs) back a little bit like, "Mm, I'm not really sure. It depends on a whole lot of factors here. I don't really know how to answer. Do you have enough pizza? It's like, okay, wait, hold on a second. (laughs) Stay stay with me here. Stay with the illustration. Walk in and I have enough pizza. Mm -hmm. All right. And I say, I've got pizza for everyone. Does that mean that everyone in the house eats pizza? And um, the kid that seemed to initially want to say, yes, um, I waited for because I I wanted to, I want, we have to think deeply about these things. So eventually what happens is as there's time allowed for thinking, this particular child says, well, no, because that person could reject the pizza Mm -hmm. that you've brought into the house. And so while there is pizza available for everyone, you've brought pizza for everyone. Guys, this is a very, this is a very like <laughs> bottom rung of the ladder right. example. But please understand, we're this we're working with our kids. Yeah. And we are a te- we are teaching according to their ability to understand and to comprehend, right? So you, you work from these very basic levels and then you work your way up, okay? Um, and so so anyway, so come go with me. Please forgive Jesus is not pizza. Okay. He is not. We under, everybody understand, you know? And, um, anyways, so, so this began our conversation Mm -hmm. about what Jesus means when he talks in terms of all and the world. Right. Um, so what we are talking about is that because of what Jesus Christ has done, he has made salvation available But that does not automatically guarantee that because of what Jesus has done, all will accept what he has made available to them. Right. Now, this is where when we were talking about the way we study the Bible, exegesis versus eisegesis, Mm -hmm. we talk about let the scripture interpret (laughs) the scripture, let the text interpret the text. You have to ask the question, you know, even if we don't know how to understand what Jesus is saying about if I'm lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. If, if Even if we don't understand that, we have to ask a question. Do we have other supporting texts of scripture that point to Jesus's death, confers upon the world, <laughs> salvation, and eternal life with God? Or do we have passages of scripture that point not only to the reason that Jesus was sent, mm-hmm. But how access to God is secured, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think that when you look at the scriptures, and this is what we have to teach our children: it's not our opinion, it's not according to our tradition, right? It's not just orthodoxy because it just falls on this list. It is the question: what do the scriptures say? And in fact, because the scriptures say this, we call it orthodox, right teaching, because the scriptures say this. So you have to ask. Questions
4: yeah. right
1: um, does Christ mention any kind of final judgment whereby there are any souls that are condemned mm-hmm. uh, you th- you think about that i mean if if all are saved if if it is not you know <laughs> those who have put their hope and their faith their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who are saved, if all are saved, does Jesus mention that there are any people who are going to be condemned.
2: Like Matthew 7, 21. When go ta- ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm just talking about how, how yeah. you said not even, not, not everyone who calls Jesus Lord mm-hmm. will enter the kingdom of heaven. Like mm-hmm. So that's even people who maybe felt like they were doing God's work here yes. on earth. But that didn't, you know, ensure them being uh, ones that will make it to heaven.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. So, is it logical that there is no separation for those who have loved Christ, put their faith and their hope in what He did, um, and those who have not? Is is it is it logical? Like, what what's the reason for the distinction? Like, wh- why is and, and excuse the question? It's but why the big deal about Jesus? Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why is Jesus separating families? <laughs> not bringing peace, but a sword. Why are people turning on one another? Mm-hmm. What is the confusion over Christ? What, what is the debate and the dilemma? What, what is it that the faithful are suffering for if there's no distinction made between those who have put their faith <laughs> in Christ and those who have not. And what?
2: this might be, a, you know, who are the elect or the chosen?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, mm-hmm. those that, that, that have been predestined for salvation. This, yes. You know, because the Bible uses this, this language, you know.
1: Exactly right. Um, I think you ask questions when you go to the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So why did, why did Christ come? Why, why was he sent? Um, this is one that Will the Great just recently taught to the little two. Um one of those those basic Bible verses that we teach our kids to memorize, you know, everybody's John 3 16. Mm-hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son or his only begotten son that mm-hmm. whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Um there's a condition to having eternal life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's if you believe in him. Yeah. Why that why that condition if everybody just everybody's coming from wherever it doesn't it doesn't matter how they've lived. Doesn't matter what they've believed. That passage right there says that. That whoever believes in him mm-hmm. shall not perish, but have eternal life. So why was he hmm. sent? Yeah. Luke 1910, the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Hmm. What is it? What does it mean to be lost if everybody's just just found? Like if every, yeah. if, if, if everybody is, you know, if everybody is OK, mm-hmm. What is, what is Christ doing? Yeah. Why, why, why why is he, why did he come? You understand? Why did he sacrifice his life? We, these are the questions that we have to ask. If there's no distinction, then, then why the big deal over Jesus Christ? Why is he so offensive to people? Mm. Why, why is He's so despised by people even today. Why? What, what is it like? And these are some questions that, you know, you, you just ponder these things. You just ask these questions. What did Jesus claim about himself? And remember, if we are claiming to be a Christian, we are making some biblical claims mm-hmm. about what we believe and have accepted about Jesus Christ And what we believe and have accepted about his ability and his power to do for us. We believe that Jesus Christ has the power to forgive sin. That in him, we are now made righteous. This is what we are saying as when we claim to be Christians. And so if you claim to be a Christian, if you say, if you say I'm a Christian, but then you reject the clear teaching of Christ. Um, probably, probably you're not Mm. probably you're not. And, and that's, that's very harsh. That's very strong. John 14, six, Jesus declares that he is the way and the truth Mm -hmm. and the life and that no one comes to the father except through him, through me, you come to the father. You know, you ask these questions, you did Jesus claim to be the only way to God? Yes. Yes, he did. I'm going to flip in my Bible here because I think it's so important. Like we can, you know, man, we can think that we're all on the same page and that we're all believing the same thing, but man, the enemy is, is, is very, you know, deceptive, right?
2: You got John, uh, John chapter one, verse 12, Mm -hmm. but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So, that also mm. shows that there are ones who didn't believe. Yes, you know, yes. Those who haven't received him because they did not believe him.
1: Yes, you know. Amen. John chapter eight verse twelve. Mm-hmm. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." Now, there's an interesting sort of like um, shift there. I am the light of the world. If you stop there, you might be tempted to use that as as an example to make the case for universalism. Mm. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Then John 8, 24. John 8, 24. I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. What has Jesus just been saying? He's just been saying that he's the light of the world. He's just he's making claims about himself that you can't separate from who he is. Like you you can't say he's a good teacher, but I don't believe he was the son of God. I don't believe Mm -hmm. he's the only way to God because the things that he taught include these things. Mm hmm. This is what he's teaching. These are these are the things that he is saying about himself. That unless you have him, you don't have God. You don't have access to God. So this is why the urgency of the gospel is ever before us. Like wh- why are we telling people? <laughs> I mean, if 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 everybody, no matter what they believe, is you know, if everybody's getting in, why why are we telling people? Why 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 is it important for people to hear the gospel. What is the good news? The good news is that you don't have to die in your sin. You deserve to, but you don't have to. There's one who has died in your place. Mm. And as we'll see, as, as we continue on in the discussion, um, <laughs> the, I, I say, indisputable confirmation, the indisputable confirmation that Jesus is all he claimed to be is that he rose again from the dead. Amen. Please remember that if Jesus is not risen, like all of his claims, we don't, I mean, okay. (laughs) You, You understand what I'm saying? But even the apostle Paul, even the apostle Paul writes this to the Romans in Romans chapter one, man, this is a powerful statement. Uh, Romans chapter one, verse four, right? You think about this. The apostle Paul says, um, I'm just going to start at the beginning. He makes his introduction. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David, according to the flesh. Verse four, and was declared to be the son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Mm. This is huge. Yeah, this is huge. This is why we must always make much of the resurrection, right? Then our faith is futile if there is no resurrection. Mm-hmm. This is how Jesus said, look, all that I all that I have said to you is true. I am going to rise again from the dead. And he did. When we get back from the break, we have to ask the question, did the early church, did the apostles and the, the, the uh, disciples understand the claims of Christ? We'll be right back. We'll take a break and be right back.
4: My God is good.
1: All right, welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Um, I'm Mikey,
2: and I'm Will, and that's Chester Baldwin with "God Is Good."
1: Man, you know, I think sometimes we can know, we can know what we what we believe and what's been passed down to us. You mm-hmm. know, and sometimes. We've learned it in Christian catchphrase. We've, we've heard, you know, portions of scripture and we've heard it enough that we have sort of adopted it. It, it almost becomes like um, a saying to mm. us. Uh, but I really believe that the Lord um, expects us to go further than that mm-hmm. um, in not only being able to sort of, well, I know what I believe, you know, but to be able to articulate that, to be able to teach our children and our grandchildren this truth. Um to be able to show them the distinction that is Christianity, it is not just an other faith mm-hmm. it it is it is it is exclusive and at the same time inclusive <laughs> right um but it is not just one choice among many, but it ends up in the same direction right. Jesus Christ made some claims about himself, and remember he defines our our faith like he he defines our faith like it is <laughs> i mean you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's he's the leader, right? He's the head <laughs> of the church, like yes. so. So he defines our faith. So what he said about himself, we can't redefine or remake. We can't just have this sort of like, um, you know, everybody's getting in, everybody's getting in. And <laughs> and why why do we do that? Why do we do that? We do that because our hearts are soft, right? And 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 we don't want to we don't want to hurt people, so we want everybody to feel like well. You know, I don't really have an answer to a person who may have never heard. I don't really have an answer to that. So we just say, just change the truth. Just change it.
2: Yeah. And and we're trying to make God in our our image. Like we're trying to protect, (laughs) you know, who got like, oh, no, all of everybody's going. (laughs) You know, that's not the God of the Bible.
1: Listen, (laughs) I was. uh, I'll I'll wait before I say that. Yes, exactly. So so that's an idol. Yes. That's an idol. That's a false god. You yes. know, and 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 unfortunately, we we have created so many false gods. You know, we don't even recognize that we've elected to worship the one that we just like. Mm. Often, it's the one that we have made we right. individually. Rarely do we grab other people's idols. It's the one that we like that we've made. You know, <laughs> um, but here's another question for you. The the question would be, uh, when you talk about what is understood about who Christ is. Mm-hmm what he did, what he claimed. Um, it should be evident in the apostles and the disciples what Christ claimed, what he did, what he said. And so the question is, did the apostles and the disciples understand and believe what Jesus claimed? Well, I think it's safe to say yes.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: In, in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, here you have Peter with the Holy Spirit. All right. What does Peter declare? He says, and there is salvation and no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved.
2: Yeah, that's pretty clear.
1: That's I mean, come on. So, you know, Peter, the one who was often like, ah, Peter, (laughs) he understands this. Mm -hmm. He is communicating this clearly. This is what this is the foundation. This is what the early church Also understands how do we know this? Because this is what is being taught. And how do we know that we have this one gospel? We kind of alluded to it yesterday, because when you have the pillars of the church who are serving also as the gospel inspectors, (laughs) 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 it's to them that Paul presents the gospel that he's preaching. Right? And, and and why is he doing this? Because of a revelation that he goes to Jerusalem and he must lay out for them. Some translations say set before. But what it literally means is to unpack, to teach, to lay out, to describe. So he is presenting to them what he's preaching. And why does he do this? He says to make sure that I'm not running in vain, vain, literally empty handed, meaning if I'm not carrying the one gospel, there's just one. Then whatever it is that I'm carrying, I may be running full speed, but my hands are empty. Mm-hmm. This is serious. Yeah, This is very serious. And in the context of Paul's letter to the Galatians, he says it outright. There is no other gospel. There is no new gospel. There is not another gospel. And so if you are. Carrying this gospel that says Jesus is the only way to God. Um, that's the only gospel that we have received. Yeah. So anything else is a construct of man. And, and it. Um, it continues to chip away at the authority of Christ. And the great sacrifice of Christ mm-hmm. and what he did. Um, hmm. So you have Peter. And the pillars of the church, understanding this, submitting fully to the claims of Christ, transmitting this. And we know that it was transmitted because we have it today. It got to us. And then you have the Apostle Paul Mm -hmm. who received it by revelation. Mm -hmm. And so what does that mean? (laughs) That means that to the one out of season, Jesus Christ didn't change (laughs) what he claimed about himself. He gave him the same gospel <laughs> that the apostles had. He received it by revelation. All of this becomes so vitally important in the context of understanding that we have the one ardent faith, the one true faith. And you see this expressly laid out in the scriptures. And I'm, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. if we don't if we don't teach our children this then all of our battling against the culture wars and all of our battling against what's happening in schools and what's happening in entertainment and all of those things, it doesn't matter because what is the reason that you are fighting these things? Why, what are you trying? You are trying to get truth to your kids. Yeah. You're trying to get truth to your kids. And so if, if there is no such thing as objective truth, then then why does it matter, man? I, and I got some articles. We're gonna have to deal with these in, in in the days coming here. But if there is no objective truth, then why does it matter that we have to call out school systems who will now tell kids that they cannot refer to men or women, or you know, <laughs> that they will just say the individual or the right, person? Right. Why? Why? Do, why are we combating this? Right. We just let let the insanity go where it goes because there's no such thing as the truth. And you say, well, how how does this all come back to the gospel? Because see, the gospel makes the truth claim. That's right. The truth claim that we are separated from God because of sin. The world should have been destroyed. And in fact, we have a picture of this. Man, my Lord, we have a picture of this in the flood what we deserve, <laughs> what we deserve, but because of Jesus Christ, we are spared. If we don't have the one faith, guys, um, you know, let's, let's just pack up and go home. Let's just pack up and go home. And and listen, we can think that we're all on the same page. So here, here is what our great task is, mm-hmm. I, I would say, in the current cultural context that we're in. When a person says that they are a Christian, you must ask, some further questions.
2: Yeah. You can't assume
1: (laughs) you cannot, you, you cannot assume you can, you, you cannot just go on the word or the label Christian. Right. Um, (laughs) I don't know if this illustration will work here, but sometimes, you know, Christian is used off label. I don't know. (laughs) That's not really, Anyways, all right, let's yeah. open the phone lines. 888-589-8840. I'm sorry, Will the Great. No, I was just going to
2: say, I'm thinking about the Apostle Paul, even in Philippians, you know, uh, chapter 2, when he's talking about do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit. But he, then he goes into how Jesus emptied himself, you know, and became obedient. You know, he was mm-hmm. obedient to even uh, going to death on the cross. But he ended off this little portion, and he said, for this reason also God highly exalted him. Jesus and bestowed on him the name, which is above every name. Amen. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord (laughs) to the glory of God, the father, exclusively Jesus, you know, and you can see there that man, there's no other way. There's no other door, (laughs) you know, and that even, uh, at the end, All men, Mm -hmm. all women are going to bow and confess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that this Jesus is is Lord. You know,
1: Second Corinthians, chapter five, verse 18. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. Mm. Listen, there is a message that we are proclaiming. It is an exclusive message, but at the same time, I mean, it's amazing that, that it's only and it's through and it's narrow, but it's also whosoever all, all, and this is available to the world. So, so the presentation is there, but there must be acceptance. There must be acceptance. There must be repentance. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Will the Great, where do we go first?
2: All right, let's go to Joe in Texas. Hi, Joe.
0: Hey, uh, guys, again, uh, second time caller again. Y'all doing a great job. God Real gosh. quick, I was raised in church and all this stuff and born again, and, but then I left the faith, okay? The, the question here, I've asked every pastor, and somebody was talking about it last Thursday on your program uh, at night. On Hebrews 10.26, there's mm. a lot of people that become safe, are so-called Christians, like you all say, but then they're doing stuff from the world. So I would like a comment, you know, explain to me, or uh, you know, uh, they're not really safe then by, by, by the scripture of Hebrews 10.26. And if you can explain that, I'll get off the, the line and, uh, and I'll listen. Thank you.
1: Mm. All right.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah. Bro. And
1: what if we can't? Will you stay on the line? And uh, <laughs> uh,
2: no, he's <laughs> going you keep
1: talking about. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so this is what he's referring to. Hebrews ten twenty six. for if we go on sinning deliberately mm-hmm. after receiving yeah, the knowledge of the true. truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a uh, fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Um. Listen, I know I know that there are uh doctrines that mm-hmm. teach you once you are saved you can you, you can do whatever you want. Not and they don't say that, yeah. but it is sort of summed up in the once saved always, always saved, saved. Yeah. and people have taken that to mean I walked an aisle, I asked Jesus into my heart so mm-hmm. I can live however I want. I would see Joe's Hebrews 10:26. And raise a first John chapter three, verse four, (laughs) that says, um, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he who appeared in order to take away sins and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. Mm -hmm. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Um, Little children, John continues... Let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. So guess what, Joe? That's my answer. <laughs> Script, That's what it means to let the text. Yes. Let <laughs> the text interpret the text. Yeah. So now whoever hears that must wrestle with that, but not Amen. with me. Amen. That's what the apostle John wrote. Will the Great? Where do we go next?
2: All right, let's go to Bill in West Virginia. Hi, Bill. Hi. How you doing?
4: Good. Hello. Um, just want to, hello. Yes, go ahead. Uh, I just want to make a comment about uh, about uh, the twelve apostles and knowing what Paul was given from the, the ascended Christ. I uh, I disagree with that because they they did not know. What God was going, to, what Christ was going to give him in three years in Arabia. It was for us, for the, for the, for grace. And like when, we were, okay, yesterday uh, they were, you were reading from uh, Galatians two. Mm-hmm. I had wished that you had gone on a little bit further to talk about, and this puts some emphasis on it, where Paul actually uh, charges has charges against Peter. And that was when Peter yes. did not, he, he, he did not walk upright. And the 12 p- apostles were the same as Peter. Go back to uh, Acts 15, the Jerusalem Council. And that mm-hmm. was for one reason and one reason only. And Paul went there because the 12 apostles and the Pharisees, or the leaders of the, tr- of the Jewish religion, were undermining what he was doing when he finished in Corinth. So he had to go and straighten them out. And that's when, and and then eventually Peter did see the light and did back up Paul. But they did not know. They did not know what Paul was given by Christ. Okay. If they had known everything that Paul knew. when when
1: Did we lose Bill?
2: No, I didn't. I didn't. No? Okay. You might have hung up or something happened
1: okay no bill i want to i want to hear you keep making your point i apologize i just wanted to say um i'm not i'm not 100 comfortable saying that the bible indicates that the apostles didn't know the gospel
2: yeah um when you
1: look at acts chapter 10 and the holy spirit falls on the gentiles it's peter who goes back and declares hold up a second god's grace has fallen on the gentiles like all right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, <laughs> Lord willing.
2: God bless. Okay.